The following podcast contains strong language and frank discussions of violence. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> Don't look at me, stupid. Hey, all you weirdos. Hello. Hello. It's Joanne and Mike, and we're on Tornado Watch. <laughs> so, guys, um, the weather's not great. And um, we might have a tornado, but I don't think so. We don't generally get them. I don't remember the last tornado we had. That well, at least that I remember. I was like a teenager. There's been some out in Western Mass in recent memory, but nothing around these yeah. these here pots. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so yeah, we're on tornado watch. So if all of a sudden <laughs> sounds like the Wizard of Oz in here, you yep. know what happened? Yep. Carry on in our names. <laughs> yeah, somebody take over the podcast and keep it keep it alive for yeah. us, guys. Uh, well, do we have any updates or any kind of side stories? Well, did you hear about Hoover, Alabama? So <laughs> this is a very weird story. Um, Home of the Hoover vacuum, I assume. I, one could only hope. <laughs> Um, a woman or a young lady, uh, 25 years old, na- named Carlethea Carly, okay. nickname Russell, um, on Thursday, just this past Thursday, so do, 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 like three, four days ago, yep. um, she was driving down the interstate and she saw like a toddler uh, by itself on the highway. Okay. So she calls 911. She kind of gives the location. She's then on the phone with like a family member. She pulls over, gets out of the car goes over asks the baby if the baby's okay she's still on the phone with like her family member like i think an aunt or something a cousin uh they hear her scream and that's it Uh, and that's it the line stays open she's she's gone no No. sounds 911 gets there to like the location where she said they find her car the door's open yeah it's running her purse is there yeah um her cell phone is on the ground She's just gone. Yeah. No reports of a missing baby. Yeah. Some witnesses said that they thought that they saw a light-colored sedan driven by a light-skinned male. Uh, a likely story. In the area, like behind where her car was. Right. of course. Found. <laughs> so everybody online, of course, online sleuths are like, hi, someone used that baby as bait yeah. to like get us a woman to jump out because most likely it's going to be a woman to jump out of the car if it's a child you know men sorry guys but they may drive by women most likely would probably stop so everybody's like oh my god sex trafficking yeah blah 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 right right? which is what i the first thing i thought too like okay the baby was like bait yep the girl jumps out to see you know what i mean and the guy snatches her and takes the baby and they they go off bye well um on Saturday, uh, her family had a knock on the door, and here, lo and behold, here she is. Uh, hello. <laughs> she's she's she she's home now. Okay. Found, I guess, I safe and sound. Okay. I guess, um, but nobody knows. Like they're not saying. Like I guess they're still trying to look into like what actually happened to her. Like where was she? Who knows what? Yeah. So I haven't been able to find anything uh, as to like what actually happened. Well, she came back yesterday, so it's not right. Uh... Yeah, yeah. So I uh, I do not know. 
but she was returned. She returned home, she returned. or she was returned home. I don't know. Wild. That's a. Cr- is that nuts? That is wild. That's. Wild. I mean, someone's making a documentary about that. I mean, yeah. that's crazy. That's a story. That's a story. Yeah. I mean, it's not a story. It's really happened. But yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> what a sequence of events. Well, we will certainly have to follow this keep one our because. Eyes on that one. Yeah. Where was she for two yeah. days? Like, what happened in those two days? <gasps> That's a series Does I would watch. Does she even know? Two days. Maybe she was clonked on the head. Who knows? What was the um, Steve Carell, Donald Gleason thing called? The patient? Yes. Yeah. Oh was it God. that situation? I, it, who, maybe she was kept captive for a day or something. Who, who knows? Maybe she fell, hit her head, and then yeah. wandered off. Yeah. But... Probably not. I would yeah. assume they would have found her trail or yeah. something, but is that wild? Yeah, that is. That's fucking crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I want to, oh, I want to know what happened. Shout out to the patient, too. I think oh, we talked about it before. That but, series is yeah. in fucking credible. Yeah. It was on Hulu. Yeah, it was an FX series. Yeah, so Hulu. Yeah. yeah. The patient. Oh, Steve Krause. So good. Yeah. So good. Creator of the Americans, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Never saw it. That's a really good one, too. I feel like it's too politically for me, you know? It's yeah. too yeah. It's too government-y for yeah. me, That's you know? You would never watch The West Wing. Yeah. I've never seen it. I know, because it's political. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's not, it's not my jam. Yeah. I hear it's good, though. It is my jam. Okay, well, yeah, well, <laughs> you're a nerd, so. Well, that you call me a nerd that's kind of the the gist of this story this week what it's it's not about being a nerd or oh, anything, but like, it focuses crap. on kind of some nerdy details behind <laughs> uh, another cult oh no you love a cult I michael love, you love a fucking cult I you should just cult. join one for fun just for fun. You wouldn't succumb to anything. You could pretend you are I mean, just to like go cuz you have to kind of go along, you know? Yeah. But like, just to get the inside scoop, you should just I do, do love it. A cult. You love a fucking cult, kid. Oh my god. Well, <laughs> jeez. This is the story of the Sullivan Institute for Research in Psychoanalysis. No, that's too many words. <laughs> Bear with me. This okay. is a strange one. Okay. The story starts with a man named Saul B. Newton. Born on June 25th, 1906 in New Brunswick, Canada. Okay. Newton's original family name was Cohen, but, you know, he decided to change it, but not until he started his professional career in psychotherapy. Okay, that seems... Yeah. Sketchy? Yeah. Okay. After attending the University of Wisconsin, Newton moved to Chicago and found his way into social circles with communists and anti-fascists, mostly centered around the University of Chicago. Okay, I'm, I'm into it. His politics solidly in place. Newton fought in a battalion of the Abraham Lincoln Brigade during the Spanish Civil War on the side of the leftists. Right. He fought still under the name Saul Cohen, so he was still using his old identity at the time. Mm-hmm. Is it, the back, he completely changed the background of his name though. Like, he, well, you know, he, what's he hiding from? Michael? 
several historians <laughs> look at the Spanish Civil War as morbid as it sounds as the dress rehearsal for World War II. Cool. With a fascist military junta on one side and socialist, communist, separatists, anarchists, and Spanish Republicans on the other. Things didn't go so well for the Republicans with the nationalists assuming control of most of the peninsula during the two-plus-year conflict. So this is kind of like the nerdy shit that right. I was like, okay. This is like history I'm class. trying to go as fast as I can through I it used to, because... If I just, if I look blank, I'm just yeah. back in like my... I'll tell you what, though. What? Oh, God. So my history teacher in high school, yeah. his name was Mr. Lorenzo, and he was gorgeous <laughs> he was like the first older ma- like so he looked like how can i even describe he looked like a roman he was oh. tall okay. he had like the straight across shoulders he was like chiseled as fuck he had to be he was probably in his 40s because if i was like 17 he had to be in his 40s right okay. but like ch- like chiseled body right like like perfect, a sculpture dude like perfect um Posture, yeah. right? Just <laughs> straight backed, whatever. He had like the note, like the strong features, yeah. and he had the hair that had like the fucking, it had like almost like a. This is very detailed. Oh my god! And like the whip in the front, like the whipped hair, but it was like salt and pepper. Oh, <gasps> and he had the bluest eyes you've ever seen, and he was a badass. Like when kids would fight in the hallway. He would go in and like pick one each kid up under an arm, like he was a beast. He was gorgeous, and that is the only thing yeah. that I ever liked about history class <laughs> was my teacher. Continue. Great. Yeah, Mr. Lorenzo. Oh. Newton returned home, but was drafted into the U.S. Army in 1943 to fight in World War II. After the wars, well, good thing they had the practice run. Well, right. <laughs> good thing. After the wars during which I assume he witnessed many atrocities. Oh, God. He decided to go into the burgeoning field of psychotherapy. He always kept his eye on politics, though, even as his therapy practice would take him to New York City. Okay. Moving on up. Yeah. Newton and his wife, Dr. Jane Pierce, started their careers in New York at the William Allenson White Institute. A few years after the death of a man named Harry Stack Sullivan who was one of the Institute's original founders, the couple broke away and founded the Sullivan Institute for Research in Psychoanalysis. <laughs> so. They broke away. No! Yes. No! Like, they, they broke away on their own. They named their own institute after Sullivan, but it yeah. is widely agreed that they were offering an extremely distorted and, at the whims of Newton, abusive version of, of Sullivan's original his practices. teachings. Yes. Wow. Okay, so they, mm-hmm, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, they took a well-intentioned message right. and twisted it to their own benefit. They're going to... I wonder they're gonna mangle where they these, got that idea. These patients, oh no, going to be doing some take, experiments on these guys or where what? Where did they take something as simple and basic as treat others the way you would want to be treated <laughs> twist it to serve oh. their own whims? I've never heard of such Who a could thing. Do such a Jeez. thing? Jeez. The main tenant of the new institute oh boy. was that the traditional family and all of its trappings were the root cause of mental illness. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the complete opposite of what everybody's being being told for oh hundreds of years, yes. right? Yes. They just decided to flip it on its head. Yes. And go, look at us, we're so cutting edge. Yeah. 
Okay. They were shouting about a non-monogamous lifestyle and didn't see any irony about their marriage. Oh, look at that. <laughs> As the 60s... Well, you don't know. Maybe they were polyamorous, Michael. We'll get to So they're married? We'll, we'll, Maybe we'll, they're dipping will, out on the side. We will get there. Okay. As the 60s rolled on, a community of people started to spring up loosely based on the Institute's teachings. By the late 70s, uh, when the group was at its height, they boasted several hundred members, all mostly living together in just a few buildings on the Upper West Side. Can, you should have been in a cult in the 70s, kid. I think you would have really flourished all that free love oh, on the free love highway. Uh, <laughs> there are some details Love in is here. free. And... <laughs> It's long. I forget the words. No. Oh, the imagine you just been you. The road is. You would have been swinging, Mike. There's some Those details. Swinging sixties. There's some details in here that uh, they may not seem like all that outrageous, but would make my skin absolutely crawl. <sighs> Before we get into the actual group, it does warrant mentioning that Newton had no formal training as a therapist. He just declared himself a doctor. But was so taken by Sullivan's ideas around the nuclear family, I guess that he just had to be. You know, that had to be good enough. You know what? I love movies. Yep. So I think Scorsese should, you know, yep. put me in his next film. Yes. I I love movies and I know so much about them. Yes. I think I could really do a great job. Just I plot me in there. I don't see any flaw in this Oh, logic. my God. Because of the perceived dangers of the family unit, the Institute morphed into a part therapy, part polyamorous commune. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The group was slowly expanding and even caught the eye of a few famous people. Oh, no. Jackson Pollock was a pseudo-member. His therapist would go on to become a leader inside the Sullivanians. Gross. And, weirdly, Wes Craven was a former member. Wait, what? Yeah. I fuck... But more you, on that at the You end. know <laughs> I hate him <laughs> for the simple fact of my eternal yeah. nemesis... Yeah. Frederick yeah. Krueger. Yeah. Fuck you, West Craig. I should have fucking known he was in a fucking... I should have fucking known. Now everybody can stop making fun of me for this phobia that I have about Freddy. Well, I... So... I should have known. Yeah, this West Craven detail... I randomly stumbled across this towards the end of my research... And where do you never knew that? Like, did you ever hear that? No. Okay. Uh, so I don't feel so bad then because no, if you never be, heard it. Yeah. There'll be more on that at the, at the very end okay. uh, of the story. Um, so while researching this story, I found an article that features some quotes and personal recollections of one former member specifically. So let's talk about the group through his eyes. Okay. Paul Spreacher was at the time a recent graduate of Harvard, ooh la la, ooh la la. <laughs> looking for roommates after arriving in a brand new city. Spreacher says, quote, I found this group in 1974, and it just so happened that all of them were in the Sullivanian therapy. It was this incredibly neat experience for a newcomer to New York City. New York City. Suddenly, I had a social life. There were women who wanted to date me. We spent the uh -huh. summer in Amagansett. It was very loose in those days. It was Just so neat. people hanging out in apartments. Cool. So, Daddy-o. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so he neat. Just got, you know, really wrapped up in yeah. his groovy move. Yeah. yeah. See, I feel like I want to see you in like like polyester bell-bottom pants, like in the, the nah. shirt with the wide collar open to the navel. Like, please. Nah. Come on. No. Nah. Uh, he ended up being You're a member of the group for over a decade. Okay. Okay. What did you say? I said, you're the worst friend. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> By the 70s, 
when Spreacher found the group, they had refined their pitch. Their stated goal was to expand the revolutionary promise of the 60s, <laughs> sexual liberation, uh-huh. civil rights, etc. Okay. Most of the members were described as, quote, well-educated, secular, leftist, and Jewish. End quote. No comment. <laughs> I don't know anything about Jewish people, so how could I comment? Because Mango. the sexual liberation aspect was so part and parcel to the experience, Spreacher recalls, quote, the therapists did not regard therapeutic boundaries with any respect at all. <laughs> everyone slept with everyone. <laughs> of course they did. It's a sex cult, like every other cult. Yes. We created a living context like a tiny village that was mostly cut off from the world. The bizarre thing, of course, is that you're in the middle of New York City, but the dynamics of control and so on were like a village. Yeah. Yeah. Every yeah. cult Every ever. Cult. It wasn't quite as loosey-goosey as Spreacher can make it sound. The majority of the members lived in sex-segregated apartments and were strictly forbidden. Like, these are for the people that are having bomb sex, and no. these are for the people that are having <laughs> shitty sex. These are for the innies. These are for the outies. <sighs> no fun. Um, and they were strictly forbidden to have exclusive relationships unless ordained by Newton himself. So they... <laughs> yeah. So they were telling them, if you have sex with one person and yeah. be monogamous, yeah. you're you're out of here. Yes. You have to sleep with multiple people. Correct. Unless you're ordained to be with one person by, by the leader. The leader yeah. And that one person is going to be the leader. Right. <laughs> okay. Right. Right. Any children that were born inside the group were shipped off to boarding school or given to other caretakers, allowing only an hour or two of visitation per day to the biological parents. Very strange. Wouldn't you know it, during weekly mandated therapy sessions, members were advised to cut off complete contact with anyone, friends or relatives, outside of the group. Wow, this is so novel. Well, that isn't entirely true. Members could reach out when they were in need of money. (laughs) Well, yes. Because we got to milk everyone that you know dry. Spreacher dumped his entire family after only a few months with the Soledanians. Jesus, please us. Yeah. With a growing number of members, Newton, of course, got more authoritarian to exercise complete control. Mm, I don't like where this is going. Yeah. I guess those leftist leanings were only for when he had no power. (laughs) Right. Otherwise, yay for fascism, I guess. Uh, It was also around this time that the group made an unexpected expansion. A politically progressive theater collective was founded oh, by the group, yeah. and they dubbed themselves the Fourth Wall. Oh, fucking stupid! <laughs> oh God, the Fourth Wall. Oh, of course it is. They, oh, I, they should have called themselves the Mizan Sen Stealers. Get it? No, the Get it? sensation. Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> I can't. Okay, well, fucking theater kids always. What accounts for this sudden shift? It probably has something to do with the divorce of Newton and his first wife, Dr. Pierce, and the arrival of his second wife, Joan Harvey. You see, Joan was a soap opera actor and desperately wanted to be a stage director. Not Joan Harvey. Yes, Joan Harvey. <laughs> 
it was her idea to create the fourth wall and then bust on through it. <laughs> I still can't stand it. I wonder if the if this God. part was also the Nickelodeon players. Like you know what I mean? I I just can't. I can't stop giggling. I feel so stupid, but I can't stop laughing. Okay. So I wonder if this part was also her idea or was just Newton's natural progression. (laughs) Mm -hmm. In 1978, the troupe signed a lease on a building called the Truck and Warehouse Theater. Mm -hmm. The acting company that had previously been using the space refused to vacate. Mm -hmm. In response, hundreds of Sylvanians descended on the theater to intimidate and destroy (laughs) all of the sets. Eventually, three people were arrested. (laughs) Spreacher recalls this incident not as a turning point, but as a fun exercise. Oh, God. All of the members were invited to come down and occupy the theater. Were we exercising solidarity? Like, what's the... Well, yes, actually. Loyalty to the... This is is a quote from Spreacher. All of the members were invited to come down and occupy the theater. The cops came in the middle of the night, and we had barricaded the doors. It was very exciting. Saul (laughs) wanted to teach people how to stand up to cops. He liked that kind of confrontation. Attica. Attica. Okay. These guys are real. I was going to say these guys are so full of themselves, but I mean... Yeah. yeah, every yeah. cult. Yeah, okay. The shoe finally dropped in 1979 when Newton started getting apocalyptic. After the partial, <laughs> why do they all go apocalyptic? <laughs> well, wouldn't you want your cult to go on forever so you keep reaping the benefits? Why are you picking a date to end your fame? I, I don't understand that. I don't know. You're swindling people out then, of money. Because then, when it doesn't happen, you have to come up with more and more reasons if you just never just never do it yeah, you're, never if you're, start the clock if your whole shtick is swindling yeah. people out of money yeah keep it well, going well keep that going as long as you can like Scientology yeah hello yeah um after the partial They're nothing if not good at business I mean yeah. shit was it Bill Burr I think in, in an interview I don't know if you sent me this clip but he was saying that like fan like fiction writers those are the people that you should follow because they're the ones that like can develop an actual like ethos and worldview and all of these things. Like, look at Scientology. Right. I forget who was saying it, but like, if you wanted to control people, it's all about storytelling. Right. Look at Scient- like, right. So after the partial meltdown of the nuclear power plant at Three Mile Island, Newton took the group en masse to Orlando to <laughs> wait out the imminent destruction of Manhattan. Yeah. So they got a building across from the Scientology uh, <laughs> headquarters over there. Yeah, if you've ever driven through the Scientology section of uh, it's Tampa. In, it's Tampa, right? Yeah. It's so gross. It's so <laughs> It's so gross. It's so weird to Just see. hundreds of people dressed the same, yeah. walking in like single file. It's yeah. fucking yeah. weird. But it's just an open open area it's to so drive through. It's so weird. Yeah, it's very strange. Uh, so they went to Orlando to wait out the imminent destruction of Manhattan, or so they thought. <laughs> when that didn't happen... A few weeks later, the nearly 250 members who fled returned, and things were different. Okay. Because the guy was like, whoopsie. Anyone who didn't make the voyage was ostracized by Newton, and any members who talked about what happened could be booted out. (laughs) Oh, because you were wrong, sir? Without a support system, since they, you know, seemingly willingly gave up their families. Yeah. So that was a desperate proposition. To face being kicked out. So you couldn't say, I thought the world was ending. Right. Okay. You can't. You can't. Backsass. Or you'd be uh, out. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Okay. The paranoia and distorted thinking began to set in 
as is commonplace in cults, the group's money was being hoarded by leadership, which led to the group being able to acquire a resort in the Catskills. <laughs> Not cheap. It was Not there. cheap. They they controlled, I think, I can't remember if I included this detail somewhere else, but they included like $12 million in assets, including several apartment built, like two apartment buildings in Manhattan, like in the Upper West Side and this resort. They had like a lot. How many properties do your parents own in the Catskills? Zero. <laughs> it was there that members of the group were sent to build a, quote, secret steel-lined no, room I, with uh, quarter-inch plates. No. So that Joe and Harvey could edit her film without interference from the CIA. Yeah, no. Yeah. That's not what that room's for. One member who was sent to build the editing bunker remembers, quote, There was this technical manpower of succeeding at this task, subsumed under this desire to be approved of. It was a suspension of critical thinking. They were like, sure, let's do it. Yeah. This makes total sense to us because they had a task to do. It literally. And people just want to feel of use. What, what is, there's no point to that. No. It's certainly not going to be used to edit film. It's the. Because the CIA hat. is yeah. going to come and, and go, hey. It's a very dangerous film. This is a very. It's politically subversive. This propaganda, we've got yeah. to stop it. Where are they? I don't know. They must be in a bunker somewhere. Yeah. I mean, give me a break. Editing film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With. People distracted, threatened, and isolated, leadership continued to get more controlling. Amy Siskind was a member of the group for 21 years, starting when she was 13. Oh, Amy. She remembers, quote, The therapist tried, in some cases, to control people's relationships romantically. They wanted to control whether I had children. They wanted to control who I was with. Yuck. But that was small potatoes compared to what was happening when the 80s arrived. Oh, not the 80s, Mike. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. Newton's violent tendencies escalated, and he started showing symptoms of dementia. Amy says, quote, He had this idea of how to deal with people who were against you, and this idea was basically intimidation and violence. You used them a lot. There were many (laughs) incidents throughout the history of the group of intimidation. Mm. One such incident involved Siskin's current husband and former therapist, Weird. Michael Cohen, who attempted to leave the group in 1985. As Cohen would later testify to in court, two Sullivanians, one of them Newton's son, tracked Cohen down and assaulted him in the Union Square subway stop. <laughs> it's like beat the shit out of him? According to court documents... The pair dangled Cohen over the subway tracks, no. threatening to kill him. No. And everybody just stood around? Evidently. Oh, my gosh. Today, <laughs> the two aggressors, or actually today, meaning like 2016, which was as far as my research okay. kind of took me with this, but the two aggressors are successful New York professionals. I was going to say, is it Michael Cohen, like the Michael Cohen? One works for the New York Times, the other a professor at Columbia. Okay. But, you know, they were just dangling people over train tracks. I mean, what the... You leave our group, we kill you. In the cops, they didn't get arrested? Nope. That's like attempted murder, I would think. Quote, no one ever was prosecuted for that. It would have been nice if they had been, but it's too late now. (laughs) Uh, Sorry he didn't actually kill you. The statute has run out. Yep. Okay. Also in 1985. Yeah, I was 10, by the way. A group of members broke into apartments on 100th Street and Broadway to terrorize the residents. For what reason? Some beat tenants with sticks. Oh my God. Others cut open mattresses, while others smashed up appliances and fixtures. 
cut open mattresses. That's <laughs> every 80s movie raid yep. that you've ever seen. They like <laughs> slice open the mattresses and like the couch cushions and shit. <laughs> this was done in revenge. The perceived slight. Yeah. These people were the neighbors of the Institute and they had apparently spilled some paint on the wall of the Institute. So they went in and beat the shit out yep. of people with sticks. Paul remembers the aftermath of the raid. Quote, yeah. we had security. Not, I wouldn't call it a, ra- a yeah. raid. I mean, they beat the shit it's out of these ambush. people. It's an ambush. We had security <clears throat> down at the front door to make sure they would be duly chastised. I don't remember. I think one guy showed up to complain and he was manhandled. What? But according to a 1989, so that was Paul's recollection. This was this was Spreacher's recollection that after they did the raid, they left people down in their own lobby, assuming neighbors would retaliate. Right. And he's like, one guy we think came to complain, and we kind of threw him out of the building. That's Spreacher's recollection. Yeah. In a 1989 New York Magazine article. The complaining tenant was, quote, beaten by more than a dozen members, one of whom broke four knuckles, punching the young boy in the face. (gasps) (laughs) So, oh, my. Spreacher may remember things a little differently to how they actually happened. And they didn't go to jail. Nope. That's Uh, incredible. That paint is actually still visible today. They left it. But it is the only remaining remnant of the Sullivanians. These events may have been the beginning of the end, but the real collapse of the group was caused by two critical events. Oh, punching a little boy in the face didn't uh, do anything? Nope. Two former members, (laughs) including Spreacher, filed lawsuits against the group for custody of their own biological children. (laughs) Well, you didn't think you were going to be able to keep your own kids, did you? Well, this brought public scrutiny to the group's unorthodox teachings and methodologies, including the violence. Right. And the final nail in the coffin of the Institute was the death of Saul B. Newton in 1991 from sepsis, which happened after the onset of Alzheimer's. Some people believe that... I would say sad, but... Yeah. Some people believe that Joan Harvey and her new husband, Ralph Klein, continued the teachings and operation of the cult out of their home in New Rochelle. But they they certainly aren't exerting the same influence they once were. Harvey and Klein... <laughs> Sounds like a law firm. I was going to say. One of Newton's ten children from his six wives over Ew. his lifetime Gross. stars in a documentary series about the group Yeah, and apparently includes interview footage from Wes Craven okay. about his time in the Okay, group. what is the name of it? And we're watching it as soon as we're done. The series is still looking for distribution. Oh, no! But it had a successful premiere at the Tribeca Film Festival. Okay. Well, you shouldn't have done that to me, dude. As soon as it is released... You can certainly count on us to watch it immediately. Yeah. (laughs) And that was the story of the Sullivan Institute for Research in Psychoanalysis. Well, (laughs) shit. (laughs) I really want you, I really want you to just, like, just join a cult. I'm not going to do any sort of 70s. Why don't you just join a cult, though? Just join a cult. I swear to God, I saw, what the hell was I driving the other day? And I saw something, and it was some kind of, like, religious building or something, and I went, that's a cult building for <laughs> sure. And then I, I meant to remember it, of course, like I always do. Yeah. And I go, I have to tell you something. And then I go, oh, I forgot. Yeah, I know. I was driving like, <laughs> um, but I think you should just join a cult just to get in there, get some like inside scoop, you know, see what's what. Is that an offshoot podcast? Yeah. <laughs> 
we we'll make a whole separate secret inside podcast from yeah, yeah from inside the cult yeah yeah it'd be fucking great I'm sure you'd be very safe. I'm it's a, fine. <laughs> I'm not an investigator. They're not going to beat you with sticks, Mike. God. Yeah, but what if they slice open my mattress? Yeah, well, then you're screwed. Because <laughs> I know you, Princess in the P. Yeah. Excuse me, <laughs> madam. You'd be like, oh, not my mattress. Uh, not to have too abrupt of a shift. Mm-hmm. We watched a thing. Which, so many things. And... Which one? It is called Late Night Locker. Oh, <laughs> God. I love it so much. I heart Schadenfreude. Yeah. I love it. I love it. It <clears throat> makes me so fulfilled. I love it so much. And this show. Oh, yeah. It was like almost too much. I loved it so much. There are six episodes. It's now available on Max. Um, probably Discovery Plus, too, if you only have Discovery Plus. Um, they're 20 minute episodes short things but yeah. it's all police body cam footage of stuff that happens at night yeah people getting arrested for doing crazy shit it is uh, my sister questioned me she said I'm surprised that you can watch like cop footage yeah. shows and it's it's not in ways that are done to glorify cops. It's not really like about the cops. Yeah, it's it's not, about these crazy criminals. Right. This isn't cops. This is more of a true crime show using cop footage as its source yeah, material. Yeah, and it's hilarious. Yeah. There are people drunker than you can possibly imagine oh somebody being God. drunk. There is an absolute <laughs> legendary human being yeah. that... If he ever like, listens to this, yeah, we, please send us a message. Yeah. Lance. Lance. Um, he, I can't even describe anything that happens because it all so expertly builds y- yeah, on Yeah, you other. have to just see it. The slow reveal but of he his storyline. He's quote unquote the criminal, but. You definitely root for him. I love this kid. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I, I'd give him a job. Yeah, Fuck I it. texted. I texted Joanne. This guy's a legend. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. Wait till you get to episode four. Yeah, you're gonna know exactly what I mean. Yeah, he was. Uh, his story is something else. Oh. But uh, yeah, if you can, uh, if you want to experience a little Schadenfreude yourself and yeah. see some truly memorable characters, late night lockup on Max. So good. Um, so good. Only six episodes, so it's short watch. But it, you will be disappointed when it ends. Yeah, I was. I wanted more episodes. Yeah, they, they're gonna have to. Come they have out. to. They have to. It was it's, released it's in twenty twenty three, so it is brand new. It's so. too good. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is one to look out for. Well, Michael. Yeah. If you want to get in touch with me, <laughs> how can I best do that <laughs> this week? You can hit me up weeks. on our Instagram ah, at yes. MAF Podcast Show. Ah, very nice. Could I also send you longer form messages by some sort of electronic correspondence? <laughs> you could email me oh. at show at gmail.com. Oh, I believe I have one of those. <laughs> I have a Gmail, so we can talk on Gmail. Right. Oh. Over the old internet waves. All right. And can I listen to your dulcet voice <laughs> any time, any place, uh, on any we're platforms? We're available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Oh, well, thank you very much. I think I'll follow your advice. and But don't text or call me. Yeah, no, no, no. Don't do that. If you, be, if you want to get in touch with me, that go, would be absurd. go through the business account, please. <laughs> yes, keep Thanks. it profesh. Yeah. Keep it profesh. I don't want you sliding into my DMs and shit. No, no, no. You nobody, know? Nobody's got time for that. 
trying but to hey, if anybody else wants to slide in my DMs, they're open. <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> stay out of cults, everybody. And, Unless um, you're doing research, I guess. I know you want to help a baby on the side of the road. Yeah. Maybe keep your eye on the baby. Call 911. Stay in the car. Yeah. And um, just be aware. Just uh, maybe if we keep trying, we can get Michael into a 70s themed cult. Okay. Shout out to Acid Kid. Goodbye. Goodbye. Lance, we love you. (laughs)